Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and I'm not the only one in the house today. That's right. I got some friends here today joining me for our first episode of Why We Love, dot, dot, dot. So who's in the house? Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? You. Okay. All right. I can always go first, you know. Um... I'm here, Joseph Wilson. Uh, you can follow me on my YouTube at Joe Lee Stark uh, 25. That's J O E L E E space. You know, put that space in. Uh, Stark S T A R K 25. Follow me on YouTube. I'm telling you, you're gonna love it what I post. That we will. Mm-hmm. And you know, Joe Lee Stark. I have a feeling um, in a couple months we got to talk about that Stark and oh, yeah. why, why Mr. Stark. So, and who else do we got here? My name is Jason Lin. I am a native Floridian. I don't do anything super flashy or interesting. <laughs> Follow me nowhere. Yeah, I enjoy most things and I can have an appreciation for most things. But yeah, that's basically it. Most things. Most things. Most things. Not all things, but most things. No. So thank you all for joining us. Um, this is the episode on the third Tuesday of the month where we take a popular franchise in our culture And what we're actually doing for the year of 2022 is we are, I'm going through, like, I looked at, like, the top film franchises, you know, in terms of box office gross and, you know, just kind of overall, like, audience love. Mm -hmm. And I said, all right, we're going to, let's do, like, 10, like, top 10. And we're just going to kind of make our way through these franchises throughout the year. And what better way to start than talking about the Dark Knight himself? Superman. (laughs) (laughs) yes that probably would have been more appropriate to start with superman but no we're starting about batman that's right so why we love the batman or do we love the batman or do we not i don't know let's dig into it or the man batman do you love the man or do you You don't have to be ashamed of that on here a brief history of Batman. So just to catch our listeners up in case you don't know. um, So you got the popular DC Comics and they had just created Superman in 1938. And a year later, they wanted to create another superhero that was going to kind of not rival him, but kind of compliment him in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, But what they actually got instead was the polar opposite. And I think that was a genius move on the creator's part. Um, They were inspired by detective stories like Sherlock Holmes, pulp comics like The Shadow, film serials like Zorro, and they ended up creating Batman. And so in 1939, uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger uh, put out Detective Comics number 27, and that is the first appearance of Batman. That's how he was introduced to the world. I do remember that the original like concept for Batman was like completely different from yeah. what it was originally going to be. What do you remember? It is. I think they literally wanted to make him kind of look like a bat, like a literal actual bat where it's, I think he had like a brown cape or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I do remember hearing that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're correct. It's like a, like a, like he literally had like a bat. Yeah, thing he was wearing, he was mm-hmm. he had red. I yeah, mean, he wore red. Oh, yeah. He had like a black little face mask. It yeah. looked so stupid. It was, it was very dumb. I was about to say, I don't think 
It doesn't sound like it looked cool. No. And that's Bill Fingers really gets a lot of credit for that edginess of Batman. And, yeah. um, Batman was really popular in the 40s. In the 1950s, if you guys know your comic book history, that's when um, the book Seduction of the Innocent came out. And that's when there was the congressional hearing about whether comic books were corrupting the minds yeah. of youth. Mm-hmm. And so what came out of that is the Comics Code Authority. So if you pick up a comic book from around that time um, to about the 1980s, it had to have a seal that it was approved. It's basically like censorship, you know? And so Batman became heavily censored. And at the 50s, you know, despite introducing some of the greatest rogues gallery villains of all time in the 40s, um, in the 50s, they put Batman against monsters and supernatural entities on other planets. Mm. Needless to say, Batman took a nosedive, and it wasn't until the 60s that he was kind of revitalized and rebranded. And that culminates in the Adam West TV show, yeah. you know, the very campy one. Yeah, still, it still has that goofiness to it, but it's like mm, yes. a little more... Um, But nonetheless, at that time, his dark edginess was kind of lost. And so it wasn't until the 70s with Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill. They're the ones that really bring Batman back. They start to move him back to that direction of that edginess. And it's also at that time where they begin uh, in Batman stories doing social commentary on political issues and different Mm. things going on. But really, the Batman that we all know and love, we do not get till about the mid-1980s when a guy named Frank Miller writes uh, two uh, really prolific comics, Batman Year One and Batman The Dark Knight Returns. And out of Frank Miller's work, and these were also like standalone stories, so they weren't tethered to mainstream continuity, so that gave them a lot of freedom. After that, you know, that's when you start getting Alan Moore's The Killing Joke and you get Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum um, and then you get into the, to 1989 and Tim Burton's uh, Batman movie really brings this dark, gritty Batman into mainstream. And then that becomes the version that is really embraced. And that leads to the animated series um, in the 90s and lots of films spurred off that. Yeah. And then, you know, Batman continues to dominate through the 90s and the 2000s. through yeah. Films, Nolan Trilogy, the Arkham Games. All kinds of stuff. And that's what we're going to get into. So, so I was just trying to show Jason just a little bit of uh, The Dark Knight Returns, the Joker versus uh, versus Batman. He hasn't seen it. That fight is so good where they're yeah. in the tunnel of love. They, yeah. They're like like Joker, like he's at a carnival and he's causing all this chaos. This is which one? In Dark Knight Returns. The one I was trying to show you right Which has now, a really yeah. brilliant animated film. Um, that's two parts. Mm-hmm. And so that ends up like Joker is just killing people at the carnival left and right. Jeez. And... Yeah. You know, he ends up going in the tunnel of love, and that's where him and Batman have their final confrontation, which is so appropriate, mm-hmm. you know, for their relationship. And then um, he almost kills the Joker, but he stops himself. But at the but, but at the point, like at that point, pretty much Joker won because he let he had Batman lose control, you know, lose his moral ground, and the Joker ended up killing himself, like snapping his own neck, just turning it. Oh, he was that close, but yeah. he just... Yeah. I, I got the rest. Yeah. yeah. But as when the cops came, it looks like Batman killed Joker. So it's even... Yeah. It's it's a good story. It is. Great story. Um, yes. So that's history of Batman. Now what I'd like to talk about a little bit is our personal introduction. So how did you guys... How were you first introduced to the Cape Crusader? You know, I, I guess I'll go. I think I have the least knowledge and experience when it comes to Batman. 
I guess you could call me the the layman, a little, <laughs> a little more or less. Anyways, I don't know if this was the first or if this was just very early, but I remember that my my dad did have the the, the VCR of the gosh I can't remember, Alan West and my Adam West Adam, Adam West the VHS Ooh. Adam West and he's got the eyebrows on the mask. He's got Robin in like a near speedo. Yeah. All, the, all the villains are there and super goofy. Is that the movie? Is that the 66 movie with Joker, Catwoman, Riddler, and Penguin? I believe it's when they have the cruise ship that goes underwater. Okay. And yeah, I remember... I've never seen that one. Batman You've never is, seen that? No, I've never You've seen that. You've at least oh. seen the shark bit, right? Oh, where, he, that's the, where he's um, punching the shark and he's got the spray? Yeah, yeah. I've that, seen that one. That, yeah. I can't ever get that out of my mind. Batman's climbing. He's on the helicopter. What he's an opening. He's holding to the ladder. Right. <laughs> this giant rubber shark is just on his leg and he's punching it and it's just like boom 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 it just looks completely silly it's and so robin's good. like here is the shark repellent spray batman. shark repellent bat spray shark repellent bat spray and he takes this thing and just sprays it on his face <laughs> and it falls into the water and explodes it was a bomb the whole time <laughs> It was so campy and hilarious. That's funny. That, that, that's funny. That, that's hilarious. And the other part of the movie I love is um, when he has the bomb, like a literal like cartoon like bomb with like the oh, little the, like dynamite. Yeah, and he's the, running to try to find. And he has the and he's running and it's like it's not like ten seconds. It's like two three minutes where he's just running through Gotham trying to figure out where to dump the bomb. It's got like a foot long fuse on it. <laughs> this, this giant thing. Villain wanted to be considerate with the with the fuse. That's funny. According to plan. <laughs> so that was a very early one. Yeah. What about you, Joe? How were you introduced? Um, I was introduced uh, by my brother, my oldest brother. He's a big Batman fan. Um, and then like the definitive Batman that I've seen, like an animated, was like from the Justice League series. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. So I started off, yeah, like really liking Batman from that. Okay. Yeah. So the Justice League TV show mm-hmm. is in the late ni- like late late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, that's such a great show. It is. Such I love that a show, show so much. And yeah, my, mine was the um, I grew up in like the early mid nineties, so it was the animated series. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a Mask of the Phantasm on VHS. Okay. I remember like being five years old, five six years old, and watching that, and I look back and I'm like. I did not understand this movie at five, six years old. That's funny. You know, because it's so sophisticated. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's deep. We'll talk about that when we get to our favorite Batman movies, but man, yeah. The, so the animated series, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, mm-hmm. watching reruns on that weekday afternoons after school. And I had the action. So the toys were a big thing too. You know, so like it was See, like I never got like the DC toys, honestly. I was I actually grew up in like a dinosaur. I place. was like hun- bet. Yeah. <laughs> Why we love dinosaurs. Hi, key. <laughs> yeah, th- those animated series toys, I was like looking, I was hunting for those, That's you know? Funny. Like those and X-Men toys, I I was really like looking for, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I th- th- that was like that was my my introduction was yeah. really toys in the animated series. So So cool. So we got our personal introductions to Batman. Let's start diving a little bit into the psychology okay. of Batman. Okay. All right. So we know the story of Bruce Wayne. 
you know. Multiple times and multiple showings and multiple <laughs> movies, yes. <laughs> multiple traumas. You know, yeah. people, people like dog on like, I'm tired of seeing like his parents getting killed. I'm like, yeah, but it's so important to the mythos. Cause yeah, but everyone knows his parents die. I Like know. it's, it's just tied to him. It's like Spider-Man to Uncle Ben. Right. He dies. Yeah, so, so in case you don't know what we're talking about here, Bruce Wayne um, is, you know, his parents, they go out to see a movie or a play, whatever version of the story they tell. Um, but his parents are gunned down in an alley mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne, you know, he experiences that trauma. Um, but, you know, the story of Batman is the story of taking your trauma and growing out of it and becoming something letting your trauma not necessarily define you because i would argue that if he would have gone the route of wanting to kill and vent you know all mm. that stuff he would have been defined by that but he wants to take that and incorporate it in but he wants to become a symbol of of something greater mm-hmm. you know that's why i think his no kill rule is so important yeah. yeah he knows that he's capable of crossing that line and becoming he does not want to become the thing that took his parents but i would i would kind of argue with it okay in a sense of i think the best versions of batman are when he crosses that line because then it's a really like it's a story redemption after like i like when it shows like the gritty batman like oh man he lost it like he doesn't care anymore Um, what's like an example of one of those stories that does that for you y'all about to dog on me but Batman versus Superman. I'm not dogging on you for that. Okay, so, so like to my rankings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's I think that's a great example of it to be on. Well, I want to say great, but one of the better versions that they put it on screen. Interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, I, I want to talk more about that mm. um, because that's a story. See, the way I interpreted that was like he he didn't care. Yeah. yeah, you know, like who died, like you know. That's why he's like, you know, he's going through the Batmobile. Things are exploding. He's not like deliberately, intentionally. He killing opened her. fire with those machine. He guns. did, and he I'm did. not going to argue against that. that. He, he did open fire that's, machine that's guns. That's intentional. On <laughs> but I see it as like he was just at a point mm-hmm. where it, where he broke, and every man breaks. I think that's like better to show, like, okay. He's not like Superman or like these other like superpower individuals. He's still a man at the end of the day. And that was his breaking point. It wasn't Bane that broke his back. It was losing Robin in that universe that broke his back in a sense. And he was just a broken man after that. But how do you let me ask you something, though? Okay. how do you like uh, have that? Because you cross that line, you know, and that's what a lot of adaptations talk about is like, you know, if I cross that line, there's no going back, you know. Now, once he does that, is he no better than the criminals who have also crossed that line to get there? I mean, he's not, but he's still what Gotham needs at the end of the day. But is he, though? Because I think even with Zack Snyder's interpretation, like, like when Tori watches that movie, she's like, her interpretation of it, which is interesting because mm-hmm. she's a very outside interpretation. She's like, he's become the villain. He's become like one of his villains. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, ooh, you're right, but that's that's uncomfortable, you yeah. know, to think about. But I like that. I like his, like stories Jason, like that. Jason, you're making a face right <laughs> yeah. now. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to get too much into it. 
uh, are we? We yeah, we are allowed to talk about. Yeah, we'll yeah, and we't do a whole section. I don't, don't want to talk a lot about it, but that point was brought up is in the beginning, it was vengeance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in the Batman in the, in the Batman. But at the end, hope is what was transforming his his whole meaning of why he was doing what he was doing. In right, the beginning, right, it right. was vengeance. It's punishment. I don't care what happens to me. I'm following my parents' legacy. I'm yeah. air quoting yeah. for, for you listeners. And he didn't care about the victims. Yeah. And the one victim in the beginning was just as, even, uh, just as scared of him, if not even more, than the, than the muggers. But it's how, no matter what happens, how strongly do you as a man hold to the values that you've set? That's a good way to talk about it, you know? It's it's not that I disagree with that. I like seeing stories start off with the broken Batman and then like I said in the beginning getting that redemption and he refines his value. Yes, exactly. That's what I like. That's what that's the Batman story. And, and you I like not just and, how you and, messed up. And and you like that because you you said a moment ago that there's some semblance that that's how life can go. You know. That's important to talk about because when we talk about the narrative, the story of Batman, I think one of the reasons, or I should say one of the things that makes it so compelling, you know, is the fact that there's so many different stories that have been told about the same character, you know, and there's different ways that we can connect with it. One of the ways that we can connect with that is like this understanding of, you know, what I talk about on the, on the show here is like the narrative metaphor. So, you know, like we tell ourselves stories about ourselves to ourselves, like internally, you know? So like Bruce Wayne has this internal story of, you know, my parents died, you know, what will I become out of this, you know? Because he never wants to let another kid, he wants to prevent that from happening. He knows he can't prevent that for himself, but he wants to prevent that from happening to somebody else, which is why I love in Batman stories when they incorporate like something about like a kid, yeah. you know, and they do that in BBS, they do that in the Batman. We'll mm-hmm. we'll talk about all that. Yeah. But yeah. But, that one is much better, I won't lie. Yeah. Yeah. But I love I love that idea that he has a narrative that he sees himself in. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cuz there's there's actually a couple narratives he's in. You know, because one of the things I talk about is like, we don't live just one story. We live many stories. So he does live the story of, you know, being Batman, going out at night, you know, beating criminals, um, trying to bring justice to the chaos of Gotham. But he's also got this other narrative that he has to be in, which is the narrative of Bruce Wayne. I have to run this company. You know, I have to have a certain kind of image so that people don't suspect it's me. It's very face. playboy. Yeah. yeah. And so the, the thing that fascinates me about the story of Batman is how when he's Batman, that's the story that he wants. Mm-hmm. But is it even the story he wants or is it the story that he thinks is demanded of him, you know? And the story of Bruce Wayne is almost the necessity of like, oh, I have to do this. Mm. And I think sometimes in life, we have certain narratives that we live in that we love and that bring us passion that we're alive for and and other narratives that might really weigh us down or that we put up a facade. Because that's the interesting thing is Bruce Wayne is the mask, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Batman is the real. That is who he really is. Yeah, Yeah, were you going to say something? No, I was just just getting fired up because that was was in the newest one. And yeah, it's almost as if the Bruce Wayne narrative is just to sustain 
the true one that he feels like it's the story he can't stop that he started. And doesn't it make you wonder if in your life too you do that? Like, uh, what is like this kind of, you know, kind of, image? What kind of image that you put out on yourself? Or yeah, so that yeah. you can have another narrative that yeah. you you live into. I I have a a proposed question. Yeah, is the Batman identity even necessary, or is it actually the thing that hinders like Bruce Wayne? Hinders him from what? Hinders him from actually doing good in the city. Oh, I see. Because mm. if he's Bruce Wayne, you know, he could actually make maybe changes. Yes. Like how his father was, you know, running for mayor in some interpretation, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that... That's interesting. What ties him to beating criminals to a pulp is the, the direct involve, involvement with... Not necessarily the exact person, but with the guy who did it. Mm-hmm. He is seeing to it with his own hands that this is being delivered. It's the instant gratification instead of just, I'm putting these processes in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. And you can say, yeah, this is helping, but he is going, no, I literally stopped this guy with my bare hands. Like, I am stopping this. I'm seeing it happen. And every night he is going and he is confronting the person who killed his parents. Yeah. By himself, directly. Yeah, it's him going to face that trauma head on rather Mm -hmm. than being in a boardroom and dealing with it that way. It's almost, it's very American when you think about it. Because I know people think of like Superman as like the embodiment of like the American hero. Mm. But Batman, (laughs) but Batman really is, I mean, think about it. He's like this individualist who's like, it's up to me. I have to do it. Yeah. You know? And, um, I almost uh, I, one of the things I see with the story of Batman is it's a very it's a very human story, which is I think mm. why a lot of people gravitate towards it. He doesn't have any powers, but also because I think the story of Batman is about how one man can endure trauma and can try to better himself from it. You know, so like if you look at like the animated series, for example, you learn that Bruce Wayne traveled all over the world and learned different things from different kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and these people taught him physical things. They taught him mental things, emotional things. And he's trying to, it's almost like a quest to become like the ultimate self-made human being. Now, yeah. the ir- irony is we know he's not a self-made human. Yeah. We know that there's a ton of people that influence that. But it's this idea of like, I want to become the ultimate version of this. Yeah. And uh-huh. Batman is that it's not Bruce Wayne. Because I wonder, to say, go back to what you just said, if he had that same energy for Bruce Wayne. That's what I'm saying. If, if like, he had, like, a healthy medium, uh-huh. like, how would that even, like, how would that look like? Right. You know? Because he could still give his time to the Bruce Wayne persona instead of just completely denouncing it. Because that persona still does bring, like, a sense of good. Well, so. well, my question is, so I don't know so many, does he... Pour a lot of time and effort into Bruce Wayne, uh, philanthropy, and all of that. Uh, I think in some versions. But not a lot. Like, it's not really focused on. So he's usually more Batman than Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. Which is is his true identity. Mm -hmm. It goes for the story. But, you know, the question is, is that even good? Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things we got to talk about, like, because, you know, we're spending some time talking about Batman. 
But we also got to talk about the villains. Mm-hmm. Oh. We got to talk about that rogues gallery. Oh, we're, we're already into that. Are we? Uh, we're done with the psychology of Batman? No, no, no. This because here's the thing. I think this is oh, part of the psychology right. of okay, Batman. Yep, yep, yep. So you guys have heard that theory that uh, you know the villains are like kind of like the funhouse mirror distorted versions of Batman, right? Yeah. So it's like, all right, you guys are gonna help me. We're gonna we're gonna kind of flesh these out a little bit. Okay. 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 So. The way I think about it is there's five different types of threats that Batman has. Mm-hmm. So like physical threats that yeah. and because again, if we think about this a quest of being like the ultimate human being, mm-hmm. these different threats have to challenge different parts of being human. Yep. So I feel like the physical threats challenge the body. So like what are the villains that come to mind that are like the the big physical threats that give him put a demand on his body? Uh, killer croc, yeah. Bane. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say, say Deathstroke. Yes, I, yes. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Deathstroke 100%. is like the 100% like complete opposite of like a Batman because it's the skill and stuff like that, but also it's no morals. Right. Like, he, like he's just going out there killing folk. Well, I guess he's hired, but you know, it's still the same thing. Yeah. He's just shooting folk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Deathstroke, Killer Croc, Bane... Solomon Grundy, mm-hmm. maybe even oh, yeah. maybe yeah. even Clayface to a degree. Yeah, but like let's take Bane as a good example here, right? Bane represents like this obsession, you know, like he Bane is obsessed with physically, you know, making himself like yeah. so so much so that he would inject this venom into his body. Yeah, that could potentially harm him over time. That sounds like for- someone from Marvel, Captain America. <laughs> oh my god. We're not there yet, Joe. <laughs> the world doesn't need deal. to know about your cap hatred yet. I guess I'm just giving a preview of it. Oh my gosh, we'll <laughs> it's get It's not there. needed. But yeah, so but Bane's a good example of that a physical obsession, discipline, yeah. you know. And you know, I love like in the um, in the comic. I actually have that comic um, where Bane breaks Batman's back. Oh yeah. And in Dark Knight Rises. That's easily one of the best. That's easily the best fight scene in any of Nolan's movies, like in terms of how it's shot and mm-hmm. edited and whatnot. Just that scene with Batman and Bane in the Batcave going at it, you know? Yeah. So that's like the, that gives you a sense of the physical demand that that would take. Yeah. Couldn't be me. It means I had to exercise. So the second type of threat is the, what I call like the moral threat. And these really challenge like the soul of Batman. Mm hmm. So these would be like Ra's al Ghul, mm-hmm. who would be like, you know, come join the League of Assassins, or if you watch Nolan's trilogy, League of Shadows, yeah. come join, you know, and we're going to cleanse Gotham, like Penguin and Black Mask, mm. who are like, uh, they're like these distorted images of growing up out of privilege, but taking that privilege and trying to, because Penguin is ultimately trying, they're both trying to control, right? Yeah. They're trying to control the city, but it becomes this control for self-interest and not for like a philanthropist, you know? I would even say um, Mr. Freeze. How so? Um, in the sense of like, it's he's, Mr. Freeze is trying to save someone he loves. And Batman, he can't do that. But, but I'm sure if given a chance... He would do everything in his power to save the one he he loves. Okay. Oh, I think I interpreted this question a little bit differently. These yeah. are like reflections of his struggles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. the struggles that directly face him. Well, they can be. Okay. But like like Penguin is an example of like Bruce Wayne, if he would have gone, you know, if he would have gone a different route and maybe would have, you know, maybe Falcone 
maybe Falcone at a young age takes him under his wing and maybe Bruce Wayne starts to use his wealth, you know, for the, right? (laughs) Uses his wealth for the mob, you know, and start, you know? So it's like, it's like almost like these what if scenarios of if Bruce Wayne didn't have that moral compass, what could happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting what you said about Mr. Freeze though, because Mr. Freeze is somebody who almost shuts off. Yeah. You know, in favor, like there's a strange morality there of trying to save his wife. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, he has to turn off his morals for everywhere else. And there is that idea that if Batman didn't have an Alfred, for example, because Alfred is the one who really keeps him grounded in his humanity. Yeah. You know, and so if he didn't have like an Alfred, like if he lost Alfred. Like what? What would he look like? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So the third one is what I call like the emotional threats and these really challenge his heart. So like Catwoman's a great example of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, plays with the idea of, you know, being romantics, you know, having a life, all that stuff. Two-Face, because that's his friend. Harvey yeah. Dent and Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. were friends, you know? Yeah. And now every time he looks at Two-Face, he's reminded of his failure. He could not wow. save his friend. Yeah, no. I didn't actually like know that, like how deep the relationship between him and like Harvey Dent is. Okay, that's even like, ooh, that's deeper. And he always sees the the, the half of him that's that's still there. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's wild. wild. Be haunting. That would be haunting. That's literally looking like a. It's like, like this is what you were, and this is what you've become, and I see that every time I look. at I love that in the Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah. You remember the Dark Knight Returns where he gets that surgically fixed mm-hmm. in that, you know? Yeah. What? And yeah, he gets the face, you know, fixed and it's supposed to psychologically fix him. But then he goes back out there and the thing they keep saying is like, oh, he, now he's cut both sides of it. He's damaged both sides of his face on purpose, you know? Yeah. Oh. And what you find in the panel, it's so brilliant how it does it. Um, but you, when it reveals his face, when Batman captures him and his face is normal, mm-hmm. you realize you, your his heart breaks because he realizes that the face only only augmented what was inside of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It never caused it. It only brought it to light, and yeah. that's what damns Batman in that moment. Wow! Because he realizes, oh, this wasn't just a tragedy. This is who he's become. Mm. Wow, that's almost like in in Dark Knight when Harvey Dent was Commissioner Gordon came to him and he said, "I've heard that you're refusing, you know, painkillers and yeah. skin grafts." Mm. Right, and he's like, "What did they used to call me at the academy? Why should I? Why should I hide what's inside?" Yeah, yeah. and he's like, "This is who I am. I'm not. This is what yeah. I'm going to look like." Then, wow, I didn't I didn't know that's how it was in, in that yeah. Dark Knight yeah, Returns. It's good. Red Hood. Hush, Talia al Ghul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with Red Hood. Um, Batman's biggest failure, to be honest. Yeah, Jason yeah. Todd. Really? Mm-hmm. T- tell me about Red Hood. I don't know much about that. That, that Was that one of the Robins? Yeah, yeah so, so that's the okay. Robin that Joker killed um, by beating him with a crowbar. He beat him to death with, like, with a crowbar. Wow. Mm-hmm. And then um, he was resurrected in some different instant, like iterations. It's like in the original one, um, he was brought back to life during like the Crisis and Infinite Earth. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called? Superboy Prime literally punched existence and uh, Jason Todd came back to life. That so that was a comic version. And then they did it something differently in like the other other types. But And the struggle comes from 
him like showing Batman like, hey, I died because of you. And you still didn't even kill the Joker. Because the, the Red Hood's not yeah. afraid to cross that line. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. 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 And he resents Batman for not doing it. So you he's know? like, I'll do what you can't now. Yeah. Yes, exactly. exactly. Uh, and the worst part about that is that the only reason why Jason Todd died in the comics was because the Vans voted for him to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't even like... Uh, wow. No, that was not the writer's decision. They yeah. let the Vans vote and the fans yeah. ruthlessly wanted him killed off. Wow. In the death yeah. in the family. And they got it. But yeah, and a lot of these, a lot of these emotional threats, it's that uh, that double life, you know, mm-hmm. that it challenges. Batman has to have the mask of Bruce Wayne, but Catwoman, Two Face, Red Hood, these are people who embrace that they've, and they've merged the two. and they've yeah. merged the two, and it's become toxic and dangerous. Mm-hmm. So the fourth one is intellectual threats that challenge the mind. Oh, Riddler, yep. easily, uh, easily, right? He's got some other really smart villains too. But, I would even say, is it is it um, Ra's al Ghul's daughter? Talia. Talia. I, I say Talia. Yeah. Because, I mean, she, not to not to put it bluntly, but she pretty much got Batman's kid. Yeah. And just that, like, just the cunning that you have to even get him in such a vulnerable state. And to use that as to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. And it's Ra's al Ghul's daughter. So that's even even more. And that's one thing I really appreciate in like we'll we'll get to this when we talk about the Batman in a couple minutes. But I really appreciate that Batman's actually like smart. Mm-hmm. He is really smart, but he I is. think in some movies he's been really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was greatest detective. <laughs> right. And the last one is of course like psychological threats. These are the ones, you know, that are the ones we find in Arkham Asylum that are just the nut. You know, and they yeah, challenge like the Joker. Yeah, this is your Joker, Scarecrow. your Scarecrow, yeah, um, Poison Ivy, Mad Hatter, Hugo Strange. They're just they've Zaz. lost it in the head, you know. Yeah. And it's interesting because like Scarecrow, Scarecrow is easily probably like besides the Joker, like my favorite Batman villain. Yes. Um, but what I love about Scarecrow is he weaponizes fear. Yeah. Batman is trying to do something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Scarecrow, the thing that kills me about Scarecrow is he was a doctor at Arkham. You know, he is somebody who knows, like, what crazy is. Yeah. He knows psychology, and he uses that to tap into people's fears. And I'm like, that is so, ooh. Yeah. No, still, I agree. I agree. Yeah, still waiting for my awesome Scarecrow live action scene. But of course, when you talk about villains, you got to talk about the Joker. The, the great. Actually, I don't really like Joker. Yeah, what, what, what if we didn't talk about the Joker this whole podcast? <laughs> Actually, let's just skip the Joker. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to talk, talk about the Joker. And I don't know, what, what, what do you guys see with the Joker? I see someone that literally has no touch in reality and does no. whatever he wants. He severed his tie with humanity. Yeah. No it's, rules, it's, it's, no yeah. no order. Just lawlessness. He's Mad Max in a person. If Mad Max was a person, <laughs> that'd be the Joker. Yeah, he's that classic elemental villain where he's mm. become the evil. You know, he's 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 an incarnation of evil. What do you I don't know. Let me ask you guys a question. You give Joker a sympathetic backstory. Good idea, bad idea? Bad idea. Why? It humanizes him too much. Joker is a force. He doesn't need to be humanized. He, yeah. He's, he's just joke. Well, he's like the he's embodiment of the chaos yeah. to yeah. Batman's order. Exactly. You know, and he represents, like, we need a reminder that chaos just kind of exists. Mm-hmm. 
So you would so would that come with saying that it's not possible to get to this point as an actual human? Like would I think you say it, his, I think his, it can be, and I think that's why we need that in fiction is we need that line to show us what the worst of us could be. Mm-hmm. With or without trauma, though. Like even like even with trauma, like they don't you know not having a sympathetic background to that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know because I mean, in some stories, he's just a punk gangster who just didn't make the cut. There's other stories where he has a wife and, yeah, and he a has kid, a career and, and it all gets yeah. you know. But for me, it doesn't matter because no matter what trauma a human being endures, they can still. Yeah, just read Viktor Frankl's work. So that kind of reminds me of like Rick from Rick and Morty because they gave him that sympathetic like background, like, oh, his wife and daughter die. And then he tried to hunt everybody down and and he's just like this. But in the show before, it showed him again as just this is unstoppable force like he knew every equation he could do any he could fix any problem and that was just him yeah i feel like that would be the same for joker i don't want to see him humanized because there's no point to it i feel like there's no excuse for the horrific acts that he's committing because again it kind of goes to that point you what do you define your or what do you do with your trauma? Right. So if you give him the sympathetic backstory, you almost give even the tiniest room for justification. Yes. Where there should yes. Really yes. Be exactly. 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 There's no reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, we got to remember that stories in fiction are edited and they're crafted. Mm-hmm. They're not like, they're meant to parallel and take things from real life. Yeah. But... They're also there to guide us in real life, you know? In the in the Dark Knight, for example, I don't know if you guys ever heard of a guy named Rene Girard. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. So there's a lot of good evidence that the Joker, Heath Ledger's Joker in the Dark Knight, um, that Christopher Nolan led a, read a lot of Rene Girard um, when he created it. So Rene Girard wrote a book. It's actually right behind Joseph's head on my shelf. It's called, I see Satan fall like lightning. And so, so what the book kind of goes into, it's a really great book for studying evil. And so what it talks about is it talks about this idea that, um, you know, Satan, it like the Satan, Mm -hmm. you know, is like the embodiment of chaos and evil. And, what happens is human beings allow to, that corruption of that chaos when we start scapegoating. Hmm. So we see in the dark night that the Joker is trying to corrupt the soul of Gotham. Yeah. But it's interesting because you get this scene, and, and there's several scenes I could talk about, but I'll just talk about this one. You know, you get the scene with the boats. Yes. yes. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. And it's the scene of like, who's going to push the button first? The people who feel like they deserve to live because they're not criminals. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, they're criminals. They're beyond redemption. Or is it the criminals, the people who are looking at those people on the other side? They're looking at their privilege. They're mm-hmm. looking at maybe they even, 
are responsible for them being here. I don't know. Yeah. But who's going to do that, right? And it's the scapegoating. That's what you see on the boats is they're yeah. arguing about who's going to do it. And that's actually what that book talks about in psych- psychologically mm-hmm. is the Satan, when he moves, he moves like within people and it tries to get people to see un- like the other, yeah. Yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And when you when you do that, and you no longer see them as as human beings capable of redemption, and you dehumanize them, you actually dehumanize yourself, and you become the embodiment of chaos, and you lose that sense of yeah. order. Mm. So, wild. yeah, so I mean, like, Heath Ledger's Joker is my favorite. That's my favorite live-action villain, like Batman villain, put to screen, or Agreed. even in any Batman movie, you know? I it's just so well done. And I think the—Jason and I were just talking about this, like, the prison scene— the interrogation scene in the Dark oh, Knight yes. oh, is my favorite God. scene in any Batman film because I think that captures why Batman does what he does and why the Joker it captures that conflict, yeah. that duality of them, you know. And he, Joker even says like, "You complete me." I mean, come on, like. I even was telling Jason the yeah. other day that that's the first scene that they filmed for the movie. Yes, that's because the whole it was set tone the, yeah, for the exactly, rest. Set, exactly. Yep. Yeah, I think it's one of the great scenes of cinema. It's mm. that actually brings me to um. What are your favorite villains, um, favorite depictions of villains um, in Batman films? I was just thinking about Nick and the Penguin. Definitely Danny DeVito's Penguin. Top top one. Yeah, Danny DeVito's up the best. <laughs> yeah, he is. I laugh so hard. He's the best. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, I am going to say, besides Heath Ledger's, Superman from... <laughs> <laughs> And let me tell you, The Dark Knight Returns. And let me tell you why. Okay. So so Superman from The Dark Knight Returns, not yes. Superman from Batman v Superman. No, not Batman v Superman, The Dark okay, Knight Returns. Okay, go ahead. Interesting. So in that movie, what a villain is, a villain is opposing the hero. Yeah. And in that movie, Superman is opposing... an antagonist, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So in that movie, Superman is what Batman like despises. Power under like control of just people um like any uh, any government in it so like in that yes. movie superman is pretty much controlled by the u.s government mm-hmm. the government uh, the president is sending him out to do like missions and stuff like that so just a living weapon yes pretty much and in that movie the justice league is disbanded and they told batman you can't be batman anymore so pretty much and Superman is supposed to be that security of if Batman ever came, if Bruce Wayne ever became Batman again, Superman would have to put him down. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love that dynamic because it's when you know the history, it's Batman and Superman have been these allies, but Superman has gotten to a point where he's just a lap dog. And Bruce Wayne has gotten to a point where he's just old and he can't really do and he's just broken. And then he comes back and he inspires hope again. And I think the, what's, when Superman becomes that, it's almost what Bruce Wayne would have become without Batman. Mm. And he resents that. Mm, that's good. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What about you, Jason? Isn't going to sound odd. I really... So this is mostly because okay. I haven't sat long enough on this question but i will say this just uh while it's in my mind i really did like the arkham city's version of penguin it's mm. the video game yeah uh but just uh 
you know, a crotchety mobster with. I really liked how they did the the, the little monocle yeah. in his look. Yeah. It's actually just the bottom of a bottle that someone who did not like him shoved into his into his face around his eye. So but good. he's got yeah. the power. He's got the collection. He's just made his whole little empire within Arkham City, and all the spite towards the Waynes is there mm. and the family and how they sh- uh, basically bankrupted his own. If, if I'm right in that, mm-hmm. my memory yeah. might be foggy, but the anger, the boiling point is all there. And just looks wise, it's, it's good. It's not some creature with a legion of penguins. <laughs> it's not just some guy with a, I did like the depiction in the Batman with the shriveled old oh, yeah. face and Colin visage, Farrell, visage yeah. and the scarring. But we haven't seen his potential yet. So mm-hmm. in terms of the penguin, I really liked that. Man, you love birds. You really love get, birds, get, bro. Get off me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of different jokers that I've liked, too. I liked, I can't remember which uh, series this was. It was animated. It's when the Joker is like just this hulking figure with bare feet. Oh, yeah, that's eyes. the Batman TV yeah. show, yeah. I was like, oh, that was kind of cool. Um, the one where he's got the slick back hair, Heath Ledger. Yeah. I love just with the and Mark theme. Hamill's Joker is oh, is the, the Mark Hamill's in, Joker. In, yeah, in the animated series Jeff's or in the Ark. The Arkham games is my favorite. That's my favorite Batman thing. Like even more than the comics to enjoy. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Is the is the is those four games it, because it, I think they Joker tell, with with Mark Hamill. Yeah. yeah. That, oh yeah. The oh, ser- yeah. the cast in the Arkham games is a lot of the people from the animated series. It's it's mm-hmm. meant to be a more adult version of the animated show, but like do it well. Oh my gosh, the Arkham games like I almost cried as I played them because I was like, this is the Batman like stories and villain. Like I would say 90% of the villains are my favorite versions of the villains. Like that's the best scarecrow. It's the best Joker, best Riddler. I do like the scarecrow. Oh my God. I haven't played the games, but I've watched all the gameplay of it. Yeah. And I like the cutscenes. Oh, it's so good. The best killer croc that almost. Oh my gosh. Scarecrow. Yes. I want an actual killer croc in a movie. Yeah. I need that. that. Not Not the suicide squad. No. Not the trash squad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was I was sad. Yeah. Just a even and a lizard in the amazing Spider-Man would have been a better curl across. <laughs> <laughs> like man. <laughs> favorite things we could transition talking about matt reeves batman movie Mm -hmm. um because we all just saw it together yeah and that was one of my favorite things about the 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 batman is it's it's it pulled from so many different batman influences that i love so it pulled like literally robert pattinson's suit is from arkham origins you put them side by side it's the same suit okay just the scenarios of like, oh, now we got to go to the Iceberg Lounge. Mm-hmm. We got to find this person. Oh, I got to track Catwoman. That's like playing the Arkham game. I and thought in it as like in the movie, this feels like a video game. Yes. Not in a bad way. In a good way. Yeah. yeah, it feels like these quests and you were getting these clues. And, you, and as soon as a clue is revealed, it goes to the next thing. We're going to talk about spoilers here. So if you haven't seen the movie. Spoilers. Yes, spoiler alert. Here is Um, the alert. Yeah, so we're going to talk about spoilers probably for the next few minutes. Um, Batman died. 
<laughs> Inside. He he died in a way and was yeah. reborn in a way. But Thank yeah, you. so like even like the scene in the church with the, the bomb, that was mm-hmm. like that yeah. was literally in Arkham Knight. He does that, the Riddler does that to somebody oh. in Arkham Knight. Like the same type of bomb, and you have yeah. to diffuse it with these riddles and codes and stuff. I was like, they literally pulled that from the game. Or like um the fact that Alfred gets attacked, like he's mm. trying to attack Bruce Wayne. But, but he's Alfred trying to attack out yeah. that happened in Arkham Origins, yeah. like that same thing, you know. So it's like they pulled so much yeah. from that game, but they pull a lot from other stuff too. There's a ton of Year One, like Catwoman is very Year One. Really? Her look, but also like her, you know, relationship with Falcone, mm-hmm. her um, living with the blonde girl, you know, like yeah. you know, involvement in the nightclubs and stuff, mm-hmm. like a sex worker. All that stuff comes from Year One. Um, Batman's gritty narration, uh, his relationship with Gordon, how they're trying mm-hmm. to do it, and also Long Halloween. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like the very detective, like it starts on Halloween. The movie starts just like in the comic. Which is a huge surprise. I, I was like, oh my gosh. That. I was like, oh my gosh. I love that. That's cool. when I knew we were in for something good. <laughs> yeah. And then also the, some of the things with his parents, mm-hmm. you know, and Falcone and that relationship. Like there's literally scenes and dialogue pulled directly from Long Halloween. Yeah. So I just feel like Matt Reeves is he loves Batman and that came through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even outside of like the Batman themes, like the um, we talked about in the theater, but it felt like the movie Seven. Um, yeah, just like with that, um, the color pantlet of it, just like the feeling of the serial killer, like serial killer vibes. I was like, ooh, this this feels like even if you took Batman out. This would still be a good crime movie or a good like absolutely. Um, what's it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I'm talking a lot. Jason, what what are your thoughts on the new Batman movie? On the new Batman movie, yeah. just in general. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot. So I had a lot of thoughts. So basically, as I was saying, the personal journey, yes. and change mm-hmm. of purpose. He has an arc. Batman has an arc. Yeah, yes, in that one movie, and yeah. I really liked how he completely did not deal with his trauma at all, mm-hmm. and Bruce Wayne is pretty much non-existent as a person. It yes. is mm-hmm. only Batman. Mm-hmm. Even Falcone is like, this is the guy even more reclusive than me in this city. Yeah. Yeah. But it started out with, I like how the movie just starts. The title is immediate and then it just yep. goes right into it's it. Bold. And the first thing that he says, I believe anyways, is I am vengeance. Yeah. And that was the starting motivator is my parents died. Their legacy was keeping the city clean. This is how I'm going to do it. I'm doing this. Uh, I'm beating the crap out of people who deserve it. Yeah. yeah. But there's Listen no to Nirvana care music. for the victims. Yeah. Right. He's telling yeah. Catwoman's uh, Catwoman, your friend was involved with the wrong people. Of course she died. Yeah. That's just what she got. Yeah. There's no care for the victim. There's yeah. no hope. There's no protection. There is only <laughs> vengeance. There's yeah. only attack. There's only punishment. And you know what I love about that, too? When you're talking about that there's it's only vengeance, that's what the guy says at the end as well. Mm-hmm. The Riddler, um, the Riddler goon, he was like, I'm vengeance. And that's like one of those things. It's just like it sparks Batman. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, this this is, is who I am. Yeah, this is right who now. I am. Like, man. There's no difference. I absolutely love the theme of hope in this movie. Well, mm-hmm. And he yeah. says that line, vengeance is not enough. Yeah. And they need who said hope. That? Batman says that in the voiceover. Oh, that's over. right. At the end, and yeah. there's the shot oh, sorry. before that when he's he has the flare. Yes, and exactly. he's leading all oh, the people yes. out. And there's that and the boy, shot. the boy, mm-hmm. the that relationship he has throughout the, the movie. Yeah. Oh, the, the mayor, you know, the orf, 
orphan boy. I cried. And he pulls him out. Lie. I know he pulls yeah. him out first. Yeah, because mm-hmm. everyone's so hesitant. Like, uh, I mean, I'm you just saved us, but you're still like a dude dressed in a bat suit. Yeah. So like, do we really trust you? And then the first person that grabs Batman's hand is that yep. boy uh-huh. that they have that same connection and, with. In and the then, and then, you know, in the early part of the movie, he's like there's the guy that was going to get beat up and he's like terrified of Batman. Mm-hmm. He's like, please don't hurt me. But then yeah. at the end of the movie, the lady he's carrying, I think it was a lady he was carrying out, like clung to him. Like yeah. she was, was like, it the oh. mayor or was it no, someone it was, else? No, it was just some... that girl at the end. Remember you put her on the helicopter? Yeah. Lift it up? But yeah, that was tomorrow. the, that was the hope. That was Batman. Like, yeah. Going like, I am here for you now. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm recognizing you. I'm acknowledging that you exist and that I'm here to protect you. Yeah, That's we, the whole yeah. And can we acknowledge, uh, yeah. what's his name? Robert Pattinson? Yeah, his acting through his eyes. So good. Oh my God. And then, oh, in the interrogation. He brought it. With the Riddler. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, That's my, with a reflection of who he could be. Yes. Yes. Just, well, he's staring, in that moment, he's staring at what he could become. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he knows it. And it, yeah. all the acting is up here yeah, in his eyes. Oh my gosh. And even great. the idea that the Riddler is like, we did it together. Yeah. yeah. Like he's realizing that his vengeance isn't enough because mm-hmm. his vengeance is leading other people to with vengeance, but without that moral code that he has. Yeah. And so, I mean, my gosh, Paul Dano's performance mm-hmm. in that scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. So and good. The, and yep. just the, the complete freak out when, mm-hmm. he, when Batman rejects him. Yeah. He oh that was that's, uh, that gave me chills yeah that yeah. oh, made me so uncomfortable it did. I was like it, on the edge of my seat like oh my god it, it, what it makes you feel dirty because it's like you're yes it, it feels like you're literally just watching a man just like just break yeah just break like, but it's like he was already broken before he's breaking mm-hmm. right it now it was just it's, the obsession when everything was good and everything fit yeah. together all the puzzles everything that brought him comfort yeah but when as an orphan was fit. good yep. he's there but that was just that was the mask yeah underneath he is that kid just freaking out because yep. it didn't go the way that yep. he expected yeah. the comfort is gone he is now he's still an orphan under all the planning mm-hmm. under all the conniving all the scheming he's still that kid shoved in with 30 alone but that's kind of like bruce wayne yep. too. yes exactly yeah. the parallels between yeah. them well even it's interesting too because like there's the parallel of the Riddler and Batman, like the Riddler is opening, he's looking through binoculars mm-hmm. and he's like spying and then he comes out of the shadows. Yep. And then what's Batman's first he comes appearance out of the comes out of the shadows. I do like that. I think that's the best like depiction of, of Batman because it's like in like coming out to do crime because it's like in other movies it's just like, okay, like yeah, Batman comes out. like, But like if you're like a criminal in like different areas it oh i feels love like, that yeah it's like okay you feel like batman like really only goes after like the big people but like the shadow like in this movie the shadows make you feel terrified because like yeah. at any moment batman can just come out They're of like he's shadows. he's yeah. there yeah he yeah. is there i see that light in there yes. that's where he is yes. i kind of want out now it's, that, it's, it's that boogeyman feeling it's just like mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah nope yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a few statements, and you tell me if you agree or disagree with these. Okay. okay. Um, best cinematography in a Batman movie. Like, best-looking Batman movie. Agree or disagree? Um, like, there's just so many shots I could put I, on a wall. I can't remember the... I, I agree. I can't remember Dark Knight or... The Dark Knight Rises so much in terms of just Dark Knight the Rises shots. has some good cinematography. Yeah, that's, what was, Which that's one? what I'm kind of And missed. Batman v Superman has also like, yes. amazing cinematography. I'd have to revisit that. But, but 
But this movie had some shots that I'm just like... I'd put it at top three because okay. they're the ones that I do remember very... It is fresh, but the ones I remember with Batman just walking upside down with a fire behind yes, him. Yes, yes, the penguin, that shot. Yeah. The shot with the flare, yeah. Yeah. him holding on to the... The child's yeah. arm. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm Let's, gonna yeah. watch it again. Well, just to see. we can go and watch it like right now, and then we'll just come back to the podcast. Right, and like, oh, we'll yeah, just yeah. pick it up. <laughs> the, well, the, well, that brings up another thing. What you just said, best Batmobile sequence oh, in a Batman film. No, what, what would you say is better? Batman v Superman. No, Batman v Superman. No, that. that sequence makes me so uncomfortable. Because again, I <laughs> no. like, I like. Okay, 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 okay. I'm not gonna lie though. That car chase was dope. But again, Batman sick. lets people die on that freeway as well. So you can't really compare the two. Yeah, but he's going to do guns on the Batmobile gunning down. <laughs> yeah, oh, hold on. Let me say the thing. Guy. The thing I'm going to John. The thing I'm going to give you with oh, BBS because I'm soft on BBS in a lot of things. I am too. I love it. Like the warehouse fight. Okay, yeah. is unbelievable. But here's the thing, because I was talking to Jason about this the other day. That Batman, like in the warehouse fight, he's mm-hmm. in his prime. It's so well done and made, but he's he definitely kills people in that yeah. fight. Yeah, you know, yeah, most definitely. But this <laughs> Matt Reeves, what Matt Reeves did action wise in this movie, I think we're gonna get sequences on that caliber okay. in these films because already like in the in the sequel, not mean? in terms of like the killing, but in terms of the Batman being Batman because yeah. there were so many fight scenes in this movie. Yeah. where I was like, oh, he's being Batman. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, mm-hmm. you know. And like, this is new Batman. Like we mm-hmm. saw him, young, do not so great. Like with the parachute. Yeah, yeah. I he love that. Missed I love, the, love that. He yeah. missed the button input commands on yeah. that video game. Yes, <laughs> he, he, uh, he hit the. So he is very new, still awkward, and yeah. yet the fights were really good. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for, for yeah. to come. I am yeah. too. I guess not getting too ahead of ourselves, but I. I'm wondering what the future is going to hold yeah. for for Batman. Me too. Yeah. Best? Well, you know who now? I mean, I hope <laughs> not, though, for the next one. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember you saying that. I hope that. so. Yeah. Best score for a Batman yes. movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's exactly. tough because Batman v Superman was actually my favorite score. That's my favorite thing and, about the movie is the and score. And that's my second, that's my second favorite um, score. Tell me why I but, put that movie out of my head. I can't bro, remember I anything. Score. I actually movie. have Watch that. the Ultimate Edition. I listened to that soundtrack. Oh, Batman v Superman? Yeah, yes. the Ultimate Edition is the only version worth watching. Yeah. The regular version is crash. Sounds like a night. But, <laughs> um, high key. Sounds like a night. Yes. But the score of this movie surpassed it. Mm-hmm. And that's because Batman's theme is so hauntingly beautiful mm-hmm. and like the Riddler, the Ave Maria usage mm-hmm. hauntingly and, grotesque. and how yeah. it will, it, it actually, if you know, like music theory, it actually is like slightly changing notes in Ave Maria. It kind of so breaking yeah. the beauty of that hymn. It even kind of sounds like the Imperial March. Yeah. 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 When it gets all big like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like the music, it, it feels like that timeless classical feel, yeah. which like the animated series has that yeah. I love. You know, like the little piano sonata during the credits. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, gosh, I could listen to this music by itself. Yeah, honestly. And that's like my favorite scores is like when I can listen to it just as music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the my favorite thing about the Batman is that it's ultimately a story about Batman. He's lost his connection with humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's about him getting it back. Like through Alfred, you know, that moment where he holds Alfred's hand. Oh, yeah. Man. That touched me so much. It, and then everything from there, he starts to come back. Yeah. Because he realizes like the Riddler is that loss of connection. Yeah. Of humanity. Mm-hmm. And the Batman 
is coming back to it. Like Bruce Wayne is like this ghost who's just going through, you know. Yeah. But and, but and and it's it's essentially what BVS was trying to do mm-hmm. is is the story of him being detached. But I think this did it way better. I was even going to say one of my biggest gripes about this movie, but it serves the purpose of the movie, is that Bruce Wayne yeah. is like non-absent and it's right. just Agreed. Batman. Mm-hmm. And at first, like it was like, I don't really like that. But seeing it, like looking back at it, back at the whole movie, it serves his purpose. It works. And yeah, it works. Yes. And I hope that next movie, they do better on that. Because if it doesn't... Then I'm gonna. It's gonna be an issue for me. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know about better if that was the point, but if yeah. they still have non-existent Bruce Wayne, I can see Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. actually going, "Hey, Mayor, I know you approached me. Yeah, let's actually do yes. something now because mm-hmm. yeah. the mayor survived." Yeah. But yeah, that was that was really good. She and did survive, the yeah. turning, go, going back to the moment with Alfred, I just re- that is the huge changing point. He says. I never thought that I would f- feel that fear again. Yeah. Like fear was yeah. not existent. He had become it. Yeah. He was no longer necessary so much of a human, but he's yeah. just realized, wow, I really did throw away my humanity. Mm-hmm. Earlier yeah. he said, I don't care if I die. I'm yeah. just going to keep doing this. Yeah. And yeah. then he realized, wait a minute, Alfred is there. I don't want him gone. Yeah. I am human still. And him reaching out for the hand that Alfred gave him, it's like, I'm reaching out for that hand of, you know, I am a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am caring about people now. I, I do need to inspire hope. That's the step back. Yeah. And I'm that. really a sucker for that kind of story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really a sucker for that. In the in the short scenes that Andy Circus was in, the, yeah. this movie with Alfred, they stuck. Yeah. That's like... I want to see more of his performances, yeah. Alfred. Uh, all these oh, yeah. actors, Jeffrey yeah. Wrights, Gordon, yeah, all the oh, villains. Hashtag favorite character because he's just trying. He's just an average man trying to make this work in his life, and he's like, bro, I don't have anything else besides this dude dressing up as a bat. Oh, Jim he, Gordon, yeah, with Jim ah, Gordon. Dude, I love Jim. It's Gordon, just like yeah. he's like his options have run out to the point where it's like he has to trust this unknown variable yeah. because. In this city, and as you learn throughout the movie, this city is corrupt to its core. Yeah. So it's like, Hugely. of course he would have no other options besides this man because the options that he should have are already corrupted. Right. Yeah, he's probably my favorite Gordon of any of the films. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, I love how... Oh, sorry. I was going to say just real quick, Andy Serkis, I loved him. I didn't know if I got enough of him. I really like Jeremy mm-hmm. Irons as Alfred. That's, like yeah. I really like it was maybe because I like his voice yeah. so much. You have to you have to help me out from Batman v Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't even. I love that Alfred because he's very tactical. I wonder yeah. if I even watched. He's this very movie tactical, but he's also like yeah. What we could do is we could start to transition into ranking the Batman films. Oh, oh now. I, I did. Like so like <laughs> so with the, with the rankings here, I don't know if you guys. I I listed like thirteen. I don't know if you want to go through all thirteen oh, or if boy. you just want to say like what your worst. Like, what's the worst Batman movie? Let's, let's do top three. Top three favorites and, and your top, worst. Yes. Okay, let's do that. Top two or top... Yeah, let's do top three. That's no, good. No, for, for the worst. For worst? Oh, top three for the worst? I would say top two worst and then top three... Okay, fine. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like um. Anyone want to go first on that? Um. I mean, I already have it, so I guess... Yeah, go for it. Joe go first. Okay. My first is obviously The Dark Knight. Um. I okay. feel like everybody... That's everybody's top mm-hmm. fave. I would say my second is Batman v Superman is okay. as you've heard okay. me throughout the podcast you understand why <laughs> um and then my third 
is the Batman. Okay. It's it's it it got my top three. It made to, it. It yeah. landed in. And if I had to do a fourth, it would be it would be it would be the Dark Knight Rises. Just because yeah. that movie movie's so quotable. Bane is the best. Yes. Bane I, is what saves that movie. If he was not in the movie, it would be one of the worst. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh man, we can, we can sit here. We can do a whole Twitter podcast just quoting Bane, right? <laughs> Bane, that movie, so many it's, good lines. That's why I love it. I love, I love that Bane. It's funny. Okay, what about your two worst? My two worst are my second to last is Batman with Adam West, just because I haven't seen it. It's like I don't really know. <laughs> um, hey, and then my third is Batman Returns, and that's the one with Penguin, right? Yeah, yeah, because that freaked me out as a kid. It Yo, like I, that I was Nick didn't hear this one, bro. I it oh it just that penguin freaked me out, and then Catwoman just looked weird. Yeah, and she just looked like a corpse, and I'm just like I'm not a fan of this. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So all right, that's... Jason, what about you? So I'm really bad at categorizing things into hierarchies. Terrible. <laughs> Shame on you. No, I don't care. Um, <laughs> only for only for right now. Does that really matter? I, I I'm finding out, but. I am not sure if I put the Batman over Dark Knight. Okay. Because I just remember the moments in Dark Knight so vividly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the suspense, and I was like, "Wow, I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen next. Yeah. I don't know what the next game is." Yeah. And even when I, when I did know, I kind of what was gonna happen. I was like, "Ooh, I still don't want it to happen." Sure. Yeah. And there was just so many cool moments. The acting was great, even though I don't necessarily put christian bale's batman above robert pattinson anymore are we gonna do that are we gonna talk about favorite batman yeah. oh yeah we totally skipped that huh well we well, can talk about it after we don't we oh. didn't skip it if we're gonna oh, we can talk about this. it as we're doing it so yeah, yeah. so well, like ahead, here joe ahead. i'll come back to you in a second so but, should yeah, i tell yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay yeah, so, so no i do like robert pattinson's batman better of course, the Bruce Wayne aspect is kind of non-existent, but we do right. see him as mm. just I don't care. Right. I am only Batman now. Yeah. Yeah. But I really like, like you said, the acting with the eyes, the awkwardness of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he is a recluse as Bruce Wayne, he has no idea how to interact with anyone else. Yeah, it makes but a lot of sense actually. It was really funny just holding up the the thumb drive, uh, standing in the way of the corner, just mm-hmm. the n- unable to spatially exist with other people yeah right jim gordon just not caring like hey you need to be better at this man like he called on, batman man <laughs> yeah. eight times in the in the movie yeah that was like his best friend <laughs> it was yeah. hilarious yeah it's just like i can only trust you and yeah i don't yeah. even know who you are man it was really funny but okay, so so your top three are dark so, knight so i would say dark knight and the batman but they're almost kind of interchangeable okay. Okay. and then I've really only seen in terms of Batman movies. Yeah. yeah. Doing movies. The Dark Knight Rises is the most familiar, but I do remember the the movie with Robin being turned into Joker. I can't remember that, but I knew that, that under was, the Red Hood. Yeah. No, that's no, the cartoon the, one, the animated one. Oh, oh, yeah, the Batman where he's Beyond, like a Return little of the Joker. Joker kid, and he shoots. Yeah, Joker. yeah, Return yeah. of the Joker. There we go. Yeah. So I would need to rewatch that, but I know sure. that I just really liked that one. Yeah. So what? I, what about your two least favorite? My two least favorite, I would say the just just from the five ten minutes that you showed me of that movie, 
where Batman and, it was Batman and Robin Batman where and Robin they have bats. just <laughs> on uh, ice I skates. showed him the ice skating scene the hockey scene <laughs> they click their he had never boots. seen it you have to show him that scene yeah. they click their boots together and just ice skates <laughs> pop out I'm like get out of here this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen <laughs> they're fighting hockey players just demonic hockey players ah, this is get demonic hockey players this is too much if you have to think about it Batman's just walking around with like ice skates in his like just in case <laughs> yeah, that was a huge case. revelation yeah Oh my gosh, that one, and I almost don't want to put Adam West's Batman. I don't either, just because it's, so it's of its time. It was just hilarious. I, I, I couldn't it's hate of its it. time. It was so goofy. It's very so, iconic in a lot of ways. I don't I yeah. don't think I've, need it. I've seen enough. That's the yeah. only one that okay. I just like. Fair. Joe, real quick before I share mine, yeah. your favorite Batman. Mom, what's it called? Besides, I really like I really like Pattinson. Yeah, he's he's great. I want to see more. Yeah, but until I see more, I would still say Ben Affleck. Kind of with the stuff I shared in the beginning. Yeah. I like his betrayal of Batman. The he he plays that like he. It's not only like what I said before. Like I like the fact that like he's broken. Yeah, but he plays the Bruce Wayne. And the Batman, that Batman that the story is telling. I a hundred percent believe he's the best Bruce Wayne. Yes, and yes. he's definitely one of the best Batman. Yes, I his Bruce Wayne is like perfect because you believe like, oh, I've been doing this for like a while. Oh, I'm drunk at this party, but now I'm really putting this yeah. security thing in because I'm trying to get information. Yeah, I yep, I think he's he's really good Bruce yeah. Wayne because Bruce Wayne, like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne, is a little too much of a jerk at times. Mm-hmm. Like Bruce Wayne's not like a jerk he's just suave he's just suave and you know like ben affleck got that suave Uh down he Uh he really got it yeah or like like that scene where he's just waking up and there's like a girl in the already next yeah you're just like yep that's bruce wayne you know like okay so um my top three i'll do my worst real quick okay so um and if you want to see my full ranking um, in the show notes, I'm going to include a link to my letterbox. Okay. And I have a list. You guys got to get on letterbox, letterbox so we can be neat, gr- neat, geeky film people together on there. But um, I'm going to do my my full ranking on letterbox, and that'll be in the show notes if you're interested. Or if you have a letterbox, um, feel free to hit me up on there. My top two worst, um, my bottom of the barrel is Batman and Robin. Okay. Yep. But it makes for a great drinking game. Um, <laughs> really? In what sense? Take a shot every time there's an ice pun. That's funny. You might get really drunk. And then the <laughs> other one I would probably put there as well. Uh, so my my bottom two represent like the the worst extremes of Batman. Yeah. Batman and Robin, the ultimate worst of the campy side. And I think Batman Returns is when you go too far hmm. into that miserable. Yeah. You know. And and it's not really about Batman, you know. Yeah. And yeah, Danny DeVito giving marching orders to penguins is very entertaining. It's the best. But scene. it's I think it, that movie misses so much of Batman. I'm sorry, I know a lot of people like that movie. That's so. F- but my top ones, number three, I would put the Batman, Robert okay. Pattinson's Batman, as th- as, as number, number three. three. Okay. Yep. And I put Dark Knight at number two. Okay. And I think somewhere between huh. those two movies is the best Batman movie. Like some like Dark Knight and The Batman. If you put them together, those two. If you if I if I if somebody was like, give me two movies, I'd say if you watch those two movies, you'll get a good idea of what Batman's all about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I think The Batman is the best movie, live action movie about mm-hmm. Batman. And Dark Knight, I almost feel like Dark Knight is bigger than a Batman movie. It's yeah. more about a movie about 
what it means to be human and yeah. in the world and stuff. And they're using Batman characters to tell that story. But my number one. That's interesting. What's is one, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's um, I actually got the pin right here signed by Bruce Tim himself. Bruce Tim. Um, yep. I met him at Comic-Con one year and had him sign that pin that I scrounged to find. But um, the reason why I love Mask of the Phantasm is because Mask of the Phantasm, I think, best tells, explains in one movie why Batman does what he does. Mm. Um, And I love the fact that we got to see a glimpse in that movie of what his life could have been like if he did not. If he was not Batman. And it shows how powerful the trauma is affecting him. It's one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. Yeah, and Mark Hamill's Joker just absolutely kills it because it's it's not confined to the ratings of the show. Yep. So he's able to go a little darker in it. Yep. Um, but yeah, Mask of the Phantasm, um, that's that's my number one pick. I think Kevin Conroy is the best Batman. Um, okay. Um, between Mask of the Phantasm and the Arkham games and the mm-hmm. animated series, I think he's he is the Batman that I hear. And really? I think that's my pick for the best batman okay yeah that's good um, i was gonna say lego batman movie but lego ba- don't sleep on lego batman movie Listen, i watched um, the lego batman movie I, not, i'm sleeping on it yeah it it's slept. it's hilarious it's, it's not it's genuinely hilarious and my kids love it it's a great introduction to See, them he's a dad so that's why it's yeah. kind of oh, like kids it. love that yeah. yeah well no i like it too <laughs> i think the first the first 20 to 30 minutes of lego batman movie is some of the hardest i've ever laughed in a kid's movie it's, really it's that funny like literally hit after like the jokes just land then you haven't then, seen megamind i've not seen megamind oh yo see. can That's... we do a megamind podcast <laughs> <laughs> i i will lead i, I will lead that one. Oh man oh, i man. love that movie i i can agree with you on one thing We're going to start to wrap this up. Um, it's been going on pretty long. I know we're having a good time with it. You know, if you're really enjoying all this talk about Batman and stories, um, uh, you know, I do a workshop, Live a Meaningful Story. And I do it not just for adults, but for kids as well. So whether you're, 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 you've, you maybe work at a program with teens or whether um, you're an adult and you just love talking about this stuff, I do a workshop and I talk about what this means for our lives and the stories that we live. So go to allthingsnarrative.com and learn more about these workshops, learn more about what we do and how the stories we love influence the stories we live. And Batman is a great, great story that we're inspired by. So that's actually what I want to wrap with here is I think the reason why Batman has stayed relevant for 80 plus years is because we connect with him so well. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of just ask you guys a personal question here. What is it about Batman that you're most drawn to that keeps you invested in it and has helped you to live a more meaningful story in your life? Well, I would I wouldn't say what deeply moves me, mm-hmm. but I would say the part that related to me the most was at the end of the Batman when mm-hmm. the the girl the girl grabs Batman's arm um and it's just that look of like i need you here yeah um and batman realizes like this is who he this is the symbol he's supposed to be the symbol of hope the light yeah Yeah. even though he is a dark knight he's still a light to these people of gotham and i would 
brought the tear to my eye. I was like, dang, like, yeah, he he's not just this brooding person or this brooding like superhero. He is a person that inspires people. Yeah. So it made me think of Noah. Like it made me think of how a flood can come, right? And yeah. destroy, oh, wow. but then Noah leading out of the ark. Yeah. You know, you got Batman leading a new generation that's yeah. going to see things differently now. Yeah. You know, and of course we know that Gotham, which I love how Gotham's depicted in that movie. Absolutely love it. Perfect, I, and you know perfect. Gotham's still going to be corrupt and the world's going to be corrupt after Noah. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah. this realization there that, um, you know, this experience um can lead people into something Mm -hmm. new. So that's awesome that you shared that. Thank you. What about you, Jason? I don't know. I don't think about Batman a whole lot, you know, in my day to day. I don't always connect. I go, Oh, that's cool. I like the Arkham games. The Mm -hmm. movies in the uh, TV series were really cool. But what I really liked, and I'm going to fight to say that that was the, the orphan, but even this, this theme is still in the movie. Mm hmm is he is fixated on this on this newly orphaned child because mm-hmm. he's seeing himself. Yeah. He is reconciling with that past self of his, mm-hmm. uh, the trauma where it started, and he's giving hope. It's almost like, you know, seeing, okay, this was me. Yeah. And yeah. maybe I was ashamed of this person or this kid, and the str- and I remember his struggles and I remember his pain, and I'm accepting that part of myself. Yeah. I'm maybe even forgiving some parts of of, of that of that person, mm-hmm. and I want to now inspire. Like like it's almost like those. If you could write a letter to yourself when you were ten, mm. yeah, what would you tell that person? Mm-hmm. This is him giving that ten year old little boy hope. Yeah. Inspiration. Yes. Hey, good. it doesn't have to be like this. You don't have to turn out like like me right now. Yeah. But just also accepting it and like this is me. This is who I was and I love that part of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something that I really liked and I guess I could really connect with in this movie and also just what values do you hold mm. as hard as you can that no mm. matter how hard it is in life that you just continue to stick to that. Wow. This is a line I do not cross. There's a lot of lines that I have in my own life that I do not cross and they get pushed and just the core of who I am, the identity that's been set before me, how much will I fight to keep that? Wow. That's good. That was good. I agree with both of you guys. I resonate as well with, with what you guys said. The one piece I'll add to that is actually in regards to the villains, the villains really are the externalizations of the problems that Batman faces. Mm. And when I think about the things that we deal with, the deadly sins of life, so to speak, you know, when I think of lust, I could think of poison ivy. Mm. When I think of chaos, I'll think of the Joker. Mm. When I think of fear, I'll think of Scarecrow. When I think of obsession, um, I'll think of Bane. When I think of, you know, the idea of duality, of having two faces, um, I'll think of two faces. <laughs> you know, when I when I think of or trying to serve two masters, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like the Batman, the the gift that it gives me and it gives so many people is it gives like a concrete representation of these mm. abstract ideas. Yeah, you That's know. Good. So I'm able to like 
see not just what they are to better understand how they work. Because the best Batman stories tap into how these villains work, you know? And to see a man who never gives up facing these things, it it inspires you, Mm -hmm. you know? Because you look at that and you realize how broken the world is, you know, how corrupt it is. And you see that in these villains and you, you see that, you know, and you, you look at that and you go, yeah, but there's still hope. Yeah. Like despite what I face, Mm -hmm. I can face that. Yeah. Because the trauma and the pains that I've gone through can actually speak to me in a way that empowers me to face those things. And it's that aspect on the quest of becoming the best kind of human you can be that I keep coming back to Batman. That's really cool. Dang, I'm, I'm probably ain't even going to start thinking of it like, you know, who am I fighting today? Am I fighting Bane? Am I fighting, like, yeah. like what, what, what aspect of myself am I yeah. You know, am I up against something smarter than myself? Like yeah. the Riddler, mm-hmm. is there something, you know, like yeah. whatever it is. You, you put yourself in that story and you let the, you know, you, it gives you more language and more representation of things, which yeah. is, I think, what great stories do. So That's good. Yeah, so that's why we love Batman, why we love the Batman. The Batman. And so uh, thank you guys for tuning in. And, um, you know, if you guys want to hit up Mr. Joseph Wilson. That's right. Um, on YouTube mm-hmm. and check out the, the work that he does because Joe is a storyteller as well. Yes. And so we'll talk more in future episodes about that. But um, remind them again where they can find you. Yes, that it's on YouTube at Joe Lee Stark 25 J-O-E. L-E-E space. I'm telling you guys remember that space. Uh, S-T-A-R-K uh, 25. Awesome. And if you want to learn more about what we do here at All Things Narrative, go to allthingsnarrative.com. Follow us on social media. Um, hit me up on Letterboxd uh, just for fun if you want. And we will be back next month. Uh, should we reveal what it is? Tell them. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah, tell do them. it. Dun, dun, dun. Dun 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 Star Trek nice Get out get out get out now Get out On Solo I am your father isn't that the right line? He doesn't even say Farewell everyone He says no This is the All Things Narrative Podcast Please forgive us and please join us next time Take care.